Uh, okay, welcome to the Cold Pizza Party Podcast. My name's Lavitza. And I'm Adam. And this is a podcast that we make that's about politics, leftist politics usually, or very far left, and TV. Um, this week we have a special situation because uh, we're doing our first ever interview with someone. Um, obviously, there has been a lot of movement on the DACA situation in the past week. So we are lucky enough to be able to have a conversation with someone who is actually on the front lines and can talk to us about what it feels like to be a part of it, what her story is, as well as kind of what's up next and or, or maybe trying to figure out what the future holds. Um, <laughs> So I don't want to like preface this with too much introduction. I feel like we should really get right into to it. Start. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We just um, talked usually. So this is Andrea Vega. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so I thought we could just start with like a really basic question, which is just sort of like, well, part of I guess what kind of prompted this was that you posted this really awesome post on Facebook mm-hmm. um, where you talked about your experience versus maybe some of the myths that exist that people have. I think a lot of people have misconceptions that um, DACA is a path to citizenship, Mm -hmm. which it is not. Let's make that very clear. Correct. (laughs) Um, But, you know, uh, or that um, it's like for, like, you know, people who, uh, whose parents broke the law or something like that, which, I mean... May or may not be true. Yeah, exactly. it is. It is. It is, and it isn't because there are situations where it, it is the case. Yeah. Um, but think, your story is really interesting, though, because I think it breaks a lot of the kind of, like I said, misconceptions that people have. Right. So, do you want to kind of like maybe talk us through what your specific situation is? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I want to start really because you mentioned the Facebook post, and I want to mention why it even because I typically I think since we're kids, it's always like living under like kind of in secrecy like everything is yeah. like you have to be careful what you're doing with everything uh, and especially when you're talking about your, your citizenship we grew up knowing or being taught by our parents like don't talk too much about that yeah. you know so it was it, the decision for me to finally just be like look it's yeah. because um I, what i was seeing a lot you know with the announcement a lot of my friends you know like i mentioned were were kind of talking about it and and it was weird to me because they were clearly on my on the side of you know for daca and how wrong it is and you know, fuck Trump, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel half of them I felt the support, half of them I felt was a platform to the, for them to say fuck yeah. Trump, yeah. essentially. Yeah. And I kind of, got, that got me upset first, right? Yeah. So I was rolling up as I was scrolling through my feed. <laughs> and a lot of virtues. Yes, going. yeah, exactly. The whole, like, but because within that same, you know, post, they're saying this misinformation about, and, and I think the one that really triggered me was the whole, you know, what you can't punish the children for the parents' crime, mm-hmm. right? And I think the word crime and the word, you know, calling parents criminals for, yeah. you know, again, yes, it is breaking a law to come into a country legally. Yeah. Yes. But I think the idea, you know, I, another speaking, going back to Facebook, I posted a picture um, and it came up, which is kind of random, like two days ago. And it was a picture of this man and he's like in a, in a boat with his kids and he's just like weeping and stuff. And it's like, obviously a much more dire situation. I'm sure he wasn't coming from Mexico or maybe he was, I don't know. But the the caption was like, you know, if a parent is risking their lives or their children's lives yeah. to get out of a situation, then clearly it's there's something wrong here and it needs to be, you know, 
looked at or whatever, or how are we going to treat these people like criminals kind of thing, you know? So that kind of ticked me off because I feel like even people who, whose parents brought them illegally, I mean, there was a reason and, and, or whatever, it shouldn't be a crime to try to give your children a better life. And, And sometimes there's not a lot of means to get over here. You know, I know a lot of people from like South America who do have to go either by boat and they go through a whole lot of shit going through Mexico to get up Mm -hmm. into, you know what I mean? And so it's just the word criminal associated with that just really triggered me. And I think again, brought me to my parents because not everyone did come here illegally, Yeah, (laughs) you know? And so that shouldn't be the main point. That shouldn't even be the argument of, Oh, oh, don't punish the child for their parents' crimes. Like that's not the point at all. And so going to my story, um, my parents, were so we moved here in 98 and so what started first was um we moved a little closer to the i was born in piedras negras Coahuila, which is uh across the border from 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 texas so piedras negras is literally across the border from eagle pass i was born maybe a mile from the border okay literally my mom was like you could have just walked mom you could have just walked on out popped me out but didn't you know (laughs) and they they always had like visas to come you know because my mom grew up so close to the border they've always come to the united states she did anyway a lot to the united states Mm -hmm. you know to travel whatever um so she very quickly easily had me as an anchor baby choosing not to do that. Um, she had me in, in Piedras Negras. I was born there. We lived there until I was about three or four, moved deeper into Mexico. Um, and then my aunt, uh, she, she became a citizen pretty early on. She got married, had a kid. Um, and so she kind of wanted my dad to come into the United States yeah. and work with her and live with her. And, and so what we ended up doing was moved a little closer to a town called Reynosa. And that was again, border town to like Edinburgh McAllen area. So what we did for about two or three years is my parents would drive us every morning because they wanted us to go to school in America. Mm. Um, so I guess in that sense, maybe they did break Because how they ended up doing that is that they put um, my grandparents, they were already living in the United States, they put their address down so that we were able to be zoned into that school or whatever. So I guess if they broke any law, it might have been that one, oh. you know. But they really <laughs> wanted us to go to school in America. You sure. know, it's this, this whole con- misconception I would say <laughs> about how much greater yeah. you know the education and everything is here than in Mexico and so for two years my parents woke up at three in the morning because you have to cross the border and that's if you've ever done that you're waiting for hours yeah. in a car that moves like an inch you know an hour like so they're waking up three in the morning drop us off at school and sometimes they'd wait and my grandparents would drive back and then come back and pick us up so I mean, that, if that is not sacrifice, I don't know what is. <laughs> so we did that for a couple of years. And then finally, my dad, while my dad, so we were doing that and living close because my dad was trying to get his worker's visa to work under my aunt. And my aunt was basically calling him. So another thing that people, I think, don't realize is that you have to have a reason to be able to come into the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't just, and I always get the, you know, well, why don't you just apply for citizenship? And I'm yeah. like, oh, like I think I'd pop a vessel whenever people say that because I'm like, Ugh. It doesn't just work that way. You can't just, I'm just going to apply. And, you know, first of all, do you have $10,000 to give me? Because if you don't, don't say that. And then, (laughs) yeah. And then, too, you know, you you need to have a reason. So my dad's reason was work, a worker's visa. But he also, if his sister calls him, he can start working on citizenship in that sense. Mm -hmm. So. So you usually have to have someone, like, kind of sponsor you, right? Either that, so you can do that. Or if you're doing a refuge, you can, if you have a refuge kind of way, you can do that. Um, There's. There is a sponsor, so it's either, you know, through marriage or a, a, yeah. a close family member. So, assist- the point is that, just, sorry, but no, just, um, I know, like, for my family, like, when my mom came over and mm-hmm. stuff, it's like, 
the whole point is basically that, like, and even when my grandparents came over just to, like, visit the mm-hmm. United States from Macedonia, the whole point is to prove over and over to the government that you will not be a burden on right. the American taxpayer. Right. You know, mm-hmm. which is why it's so funny that yeah. there's this misconception that, like, oh, they're, you know, living, like, the high life on right. our taxes or whatever. It's like, no, there's no way to come into the United States without proving that you're not that a you will absolutely right. have someone else to rely on that is willing to pay your medical bills, your debts, whatever. Like you have to commit, like as someone who's sponsoring right. someone to come over, mm-hmm. just even as like a visitor, basically, right. that you're going to like, no Take matter your, what happens, you, right? yeah, it's on you basically. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's so. Yeah. So that's, that's, a, that's one of the things. And, and so the way my dad chose to do, and again, this is all coming from them not knowing the American laws yeah. very well. And the way they chose to do it was through my aunt, through his sister. And that is the dead last, like, I think the dead last lowest way to do it, of course. <laughs> this um, was pre-Google too. You couldn't just look yeah, it up. Yeah. So you couldn't yeah. just look at it. And then of course, like, it's not like there is. At least not, I guess, in my parents' situation, a place where you can just go and they're going to sit you down and talk to you, unless you get an attorney. Yeah. And again, which is very expensive. <laughs> yeah. And so what they, they wager is through my aunt, and that typically takes about 15 years, which yeah. is what it ended up Ooh. taking. Wow. 15 years. And, and it's not like it's like, okay, you apply once and you wait 15 years. It's you have to reapply every single time your visa expires. And right. that is money. And there's six of us in my family. Yeah. So my dad paid for six visas every, what, couple years? Um, I think every two or every... And so they don't always give it to you in exact either. So sometimes it can be this long. Or, or now it's going to be this six months visa because now it's like this wait. They give you like different types of visas depending on what you're so waiting on. So you have to on. jump through different hoops constantly. Oh, yeah. And, and this is my childhood is memories and a lot of them are waiting in immigration offices literally i remember the days where we would go god i hated that so we would drive into and you have to go to and so this is gosh i'm sorry i'm going in circles here but so you have to go back to mexico to apply to 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 get a visa here and so whenever people tell me why don't you just apply because i have to go back to mexico and i can't get back in here so i have to wait there until they approve me Right. So it'd be my, yeah, yeah, if they approve yeah. me. And, and if not. And then I'm stuck there if yeah. I'm not because I don't have any way to get back. Right. I don't have a visa. I don't have a passport. I don't have any of that. Right. So whenever people are like, apply for citizenship, like, snap your fingers, it's easy. No, it's absolutely not. So so you can't even get a passport? No. No. Yeah. no I'm not allowed to leave the country. Yeah. Not even with the DACA. So that's, you know, the DACA is this like, people are like, oh, it's a, <laughs> the handout thing is just my favorite, right? Because it's like, yeah. if do you know what a handout, this is like very, very you're paying to work. Yeah. And yeah. and that's it. Yeah. You don't get voting rights. You don't get Medicare. You don't get anything. Yeah. And I'm still paying taxes on it. I yeah. still pay taxes to, like, Social Security and Medicare yeah. and all that stuff. But I don't get any of any that. Any benefit, yeah. And, and But tax. yet, yeah, yet it's somehow still benefiting us. If you buy a house, out. you pay property tax. Right. To the Everything community. still applies except all the benefits. Yeah. <laughs> like, so all, the, all the penalties and taxes yeah. apply. None of the benefits. So you have childhood memories of, like, waiting in lines and paperwork. All day. I mean, I'm talking, like, you get there and, you you know, you want to show up early to beat all the lines. Mm -hmm. But everybody had that idea. So you get there at 7 a.m. and it's, like, a line around the block. I mean, a line around the block. And I remember, like, playing on the street with other little kids because while we're all just waiting there bored for hours. And so, and then you get in, right, and the line is short and you're like, oh, I see this line at the end of the tunnel. And then you go inside and it's like a maze of another line. Yeah. And then you go to that desk and then they do this and this. And then you go into the other line that's in another room when it's another, like, you're number 500 and number two. You know what I mean? And so that is my childhood memories is doing that. And you would get there at 7 a.m. and you'd get home at like 9, 10 p.m. Because it's also crossing the border and it's also like... Uh. So it's just... uh 
beautiful American experience bureaucracy and bullshit. Exactly. And that is my, you know, that is my, I have so many childhood memories. I think I have like a trauma about waiting in line because of that. I hate (laughs) waiting in line. It makes me like so crazy mad. And so, so that, that was a lot of our childhood doing that because again, my parents wanted to do it the legal way. Right. And I can see having to do all that, having to pay the amount of money they've had to pay. I mean, my parents probably would have been like rich if they yeah. had never had to pay anything like that. Um, I can see why people would do it the illegal way. Yeah. How Especially much if you easier. don't have the resources. Right. To, that, to right? even, right. To even be Or able you to start do it. out with the resources, you think you're going to be able to do it the legal way. And at some and point you have to kind of drop out of the process because who can afford, afford? Anymore, Yeah. Every right? two years. I mean. I can't imagine spending that much money. Like if Adam and I had to do that to right. like just and then four kids add that. Into yeah, the mix. I know, right? Yeah, yeah no, forget extra. it, forget it. And and yeah, it's, and that's the thing. Like my parents did everything they could to be as legal as possible, right? You know, and, and again, there's sometimes where you don't have a choice but to to make certain decisions because you you can't survive otherwise. Yeah. You know? So for a long time, my mom wasn't able to work. So we were under, my dad got a TD visa, which is a, I'm sorry, a TN visa, which is a worker's visa. Okay. Dependence on him, which were all of us, are on TN, TD visas. Sorry, I keep mixing those two up. TN is the workers, TD is the dependents. Okay. Um, and under a TD visa, you cannot work. Oh, you okay. have no wow. right or ability to work whatsoever. So who's so that can't for? Even help. So you're just allowed to be here. <laughs> yeah. And wow. that's it. And go to school. Obviously, we were allowed to go to school and stuff like that. But that's about it. So my yeah. mom couldn't work. So okay. my dad, the burden was on my dad, like 100%. Yeah. And like, you know, so my mom did try what she was. She was able to work as a contractor. She started doing Mary Kay. And so she, you know. Yeah. Which is really, she was. She had a, you know, a psychology degree in Mexico, which yeah. she was selling Mary Kay. Yeah. So anyway. Um, I'm sure that is uh, great for morale. Right. for my mom, it was kind of a similar situation when she first came over, but much less, I mean, much less stress because uh, she didn't have this thing where she wasn't allowed to work necessarily. But um, yeah, she had like double majored in math and computer science, oh but because she like had an accent, she couldn't get like a job and, right. and her name was like Vesna Serafov like it it doesn't right. no one <laughs> even knows where that's time. from yeah, yeah, you know yeah. like it's like right after the cold war so people are like oh is that Russian you, like yeah. yeah and then uh yeah so she ended up with all these like really shitty jobs basically that were quite beneath her yeah like yeah. you know I mean no 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 on anyone any, who yeah. does Mary Kay does MLM but marketing, yeah. yeah just saying like <laughs> You know, sometimes you have dreams and aspirations. You right. went to school for a certain thing, and then to, you know, move to a country that's supposed to be all about American living dream, the American right. dream and building up and working on your, you know, working on the, getting your education and being able to make something. Yeah, yourself. and like, kind no, of yeah, having to subjugate yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, is I know at least in my experience, like a very difficult and emotional track to go down. I'm sure Absolutely. for your mom, it wasn't. An, an and easy touching experience. on that, like. We went to, so now we're like, we got to school here, we went to school here, and, you know, so I remember, I have this memory of how, when, when I, it was like my second grade class or something, and it was kind of, we were still learning English, we still spoke mostly Spanish, mm-hmm. and my mom went and met the, she was like that mom, you know, she went and met the teacher and yeah, talked yeah. to her, and so, of course, of course <laughs> she was that mom, and so I, I remember she. I was like with some kids and I was trying to tell them that I had the movie 101 Dalmatians. I don't know the randomest memory, but I remember I wanted to tell them I have the video, you know, 
And I, I couldn't, I don't remember. I didn't know how to say that. I spoke yeah. Spanish, right? So I, I ran over to my teacher when my mom was there talking to her. And I was like, hey, how do you, how do I say this? You know, I yeah. asked her in Spanish and she tells me and I'm here like practicing, practicing, practicing. I'm like, hey, I say I have uh, the video, 101 Dalmatians. Okay. And then I ran <laughs> to those kids and tell. So I, I always wanted to learn English. And I always was like that outspoken kid, regardless of whether it's, you know, my sister was like the polar opposite, like hugging onto my mom's leg, like, don't leave me And I was just like, bye, mom. Like, yeah. I'm going to go talk to these kids that don't understand yeah. me. Yeah. Come on. So being that outspoken kid, I grew up like very, I wanted to integrate so bad. So, and I was that kid, you know, and I was the one, like, I remember growing up pledging allegiance to the flag all the time. And I, that was another post I put on there. I remember being that kid who was like singing proud to be an American at the top of my lungs, like with all these other little kids and being like, I wanted the solo and things like that. You know, I mean, wanting to sing the national anthem. I had like so much American pride. I remember being that kid. And I didn't know, you know, I didn't know anything about immigration then. I I just knew I was going to school here. I was learning English. I was excited, whatever. I was happy to be here. And and because we would go back to Mexico a lot, you know, and it was very clearly different. It was a very different lifestyle that I grew up with than my cousins did, for example. Uh, Not to say anything's better or worse, but at the time as a kid, and especially being shoved down your throat how great America is, you believe it. You believe it. You buy it. And I did. I certainly bought it, you know. (laughs) And and then, and so I I was that kid. And so... It wasn't until high school, really, what, that I realized, like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, you know, and, and the way I think the way I found out is the reason that I became so almost like bitter mm-hmm. and, and resentful towards America in general. And deep down, I still am that kid, you know, 100 percent. I'm not I still believe myself to be American for the most part. I mean, I grew up here. Yeah. I speak English pretty eloquently, you know, yeah. so it's like. For, for me to be denied in general that you're not, I'm not, I'm literally considered, literally an alien. <laughs> like, literally, yeah. I am an alien, which is the craziest thing that you can call people alien. I, that, I won't get into that yet. But, so I remember in high school, the way I, I kind of finally realized this, what this really meant was there was this weird situation during that time that I was graduating from, from high school that basically my parents... I think their t- the TN r- ran out or something, or he wasn't going to renew it because now we were like the other visa where he was applying with my aunt kind of kicked in and it, they were like, okay, so we're going to start considering this. So basically you can't have two visas at once. Right. And so they gave us like, it was like a visa, but it was like a, like your waiting visa. And I can't yeah. remember the number because you know, all the forms and whatever have numbers, yeah. but it was like, okay, you're waiting to possibly get it. Okay. So that counts as a visa, even though it really wasn't because we couldn't leave the United States. Uh, it was like this. It was like the DACA. It was like, you have some kind of status, but not really, Barely, yeah. but not really. Yeah. And you don't have your TN now. So we weren't, so I, we were in a limbo state where we yeah. didn't have any kind of status, but we were like, still like, I remember going through checkpoints and they had, would pull us out of the car all the time and be like, well, we don't know what this is. This isn't right. You guys are, you know, and oh, I would get, I would get so mad. <laughs> yeah. I remember like, I would like borderline try to tell these people off. And my mom was always like, no, respect them. You know, they were authority. It's just so aggravating in itself too. That, you know, and especially as a teenager, I was like, fuck them. Yeah. You know, sorry. <laughs> yeah. but, so, um, so yeah. And so this weird visa thing that they gave us. And so because I was graduating, I had to apply to college and this does not count as a visa in the college's eyes. So basically, I couldn't apply anywhere. Yeah. So I was like a top 10%, uh, you know, editor of the school newspaper. Uh, I was in mock trial, head lawyer. I was like that, like, straight <laughs> student who tried hard at everything. And I couldn't get anywhere. Yeah. I couldn't get into anywhere. I couldn't get loans. 
you can't get a loan if they don't know you know there's no way to identify you you don't have yeah. a social you don't have a visa yep. you don't have anything yep. so they don't I, even give you a loan if you don't sign up for the draft if you're yeah. a really guy. yeah I didn't know that. Jesus. yeah I remember That's like because the Iraq war was like happening and a bunch of our guy friends were like or my guy friends in high school were like oh this is weird like we have to sign up to like be drafted basically right. in order to possibly get a loan for college. Wow, I didn't so, know. So yeah, there's a and not saying that that's comparable. Just saying there's a lot of right. There's a lot shit. of stuff with they just hold that over your mm-hmm. head. I mean, this is another reason free college for everyone. But right, anyway. right. That's another yeah, podcast. Yeah, that time. Is, it, it is. is. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, then that that I think it was just this like complete. It was like hitting a brick wall. Yeah, you know, like hard yeah. <laughs> because. This whole time, you know, and, and especially because I was such a, you know, I tried really hard and I was, I was getting it. You know, my teachers were like, oh, you're, you're going to go places mm-hmm. and you have so much potential. And so I believed it. I ate that shit up, you know. And so getting to, to right before graduation, I think junior year is when they start like, oh, you got to apply to college. Mm-hmm. And the counselors were like, we don't really know what to do with you. Like, <sighs> we don't know how to help you. Yeah. It's, nobody knew how to do it. Nobody yeah. knew what this visa was. Nobody knows shit about immigration. To I know. Be very honest. I don't even think the government knows anything about, <laughs> go, you know, immigration. So... Uh, I, I literally would sit there while everybody else applied. It was just the worst fucking feeling yeah, I bet. in the world. Yeah. And people who didn't try at all in school, who were not very, you know, didn't give a shit where they went, were getting into like, you know, anywhere that wasn't nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I just had to sit there. And, and that was, I think that was when the bitterness grew, you know, hard not to. Yeah. So I was able to luckily, uh, find UT, it was a UT school, but UTPA and they were able to help me. And I think it's because they have, so this school is in South Texas. It's uh university of Texas, Pan American now called university of Texas, Rio Grande Valley, RGV. Okay. So they changed the name, but at, because I guess well, it's so close to the border. Um, they, they had a lot a of these bit. cases. Yeah. I mean, a lot, a lot okay. of this this problem, and so they were they had to basically do research to help certain you know because it was a lot, I think a majority of the people that go to that university are in this situation. Yeah. Um. And so they were able to find a way to help us you yeah. know, to actually get informed and be able to help us and accept us. And I was accepted in the school, thank God, and was able to to which is crazy, you know, that I I wanted to go to school so badly and I couldn't. Yeah. Like that is especially because everything in America, especially like neoliberal, I would say America tells you like, you know, education is the solution. Mm-hmm, Just mm-hmm. go get an education, and then you can have whatever job you want, right. and you know, work better hard. yourself. Yeah, exactly, you'll get work, there. Hard. Yeah, work hard. Yeah, and you'll get to exactly. And, and here you are, you know. I'm like, doing I want that. it. Yeah, yeah, I want it, but and I, surprise, I can't. it doesn't. And there's no, yeah. there was no. What well, at a certain point, there was like no one to help. You. Yeah, unless you're gonna pay a lawyer who probably wouldn't know too much about it, like. Because at the time, and that was why DACA was, well, the DREAM Act was introduced in 2001. The DREAM mm-hmm. Act is not the DACA. So I want to say that again. The okay. DREAM Act is not the DACA. <laughs> yeah. Like people have those so confused. Yeah. And that it's, the DREAM Act was a path to citizenship. Right. It did not pass. Right. Uh, so they created the DACA, which is DACA is Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. Mm-hmm. It that was deferred, created under Obama. Right. Yeah. Deferred action does not mean citizenship at all. It means they're deferring, deporting you. Yeah. Like, you're not going to get deported. Right. That's what that means. Yeah. Right. Like, that is not a pathway to citizenship yeah. at all. Yeah. But the reason this was, I guess, thankfully, around the time I was going to college, um, I guess a lot of this was happening, basically. And they were like, we have to do something. So, you know, I will forever and ever be an Obama-like <laughs> loyalist for that. Because, honestly, if it wasn't for that, I would have not been able. After, so, DACA came out right around the time I was graduating from college. 
So before that, I was I was about to graduate from college, and I was like, now what? Yeah. <laughs> Every time I hit a life goal that was supposed to be exciting, yeah. I was always like, now what am I going to do? Yeah. Every time that was the thought. It wasn't a – it was like, great, awesome, I'm graduating. You know, yeah. I'm graduating high school, awesome, now what? And then yeah. it was like, again, college, I'm about to graduate. Again, I cum laude, like I was really trying hard here, and what am I going to do now? Yeah. I can't get a job. You yeah. know, this, this visa – and it was so weird because it, we're still on this like waiting visa, right, my parents – and we were like, how long is, how long are we going to be? Can it possibly take? I was, I was like, maybe by the time I graduate college, you know, yeah. it'll be, it'll come up. No, no. And, and the lawyers were like, we don't know. We don't yeah. know. It's just by the time they take to approve it. We don't know. We don't know. And it was just like, uh, the, it was like my graduation was almost feeling like a deadline. I was like, well, shit, you know, if it doesn't come up, if I don't get it before that, what am I going to do? Yeah. And so a lot of the time, so this is something else I wanted to talk about because I feel like a lot of people don't realize. So I had to work somewhere I, right. I couldn't I had to help my parents they were paying for college for immigration for our living yeah. like it, it was just I mean and my parents have always been like education and work like you have to work you have to be educated that was always like our thing you know so I got a job uh, working under the table obviously as a waitress which most people have to end up doing that's if you're gonna work under the table you're gonna work service industry more yeah. likely and if you're gonna work under the table the kind of restaurant you're gonna work at is not gonna be yeah very HR compliant, you know? <laughs> and so, you know, I have a, I have this story and I, and I always like to say it because again, I feel like, I know when people, I feel like when people look at me and friends of mine, again, you're like, it doesn't happen to us. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't happen here. I think yeah. a lot of people have that mentality and it's to like, people like me, right. People to people like me and, there. and you know, I, she speaks, you know, whatever. I just feel like when people see me, they don't think like that something that you've like had that would to happen. go through some of this. And so the story is that I was working at the furthest restaurant and uh, I was a waitress and there was a cook who was very, you know, handsy, handsy and sexual harassy. I don't know what yeah. you want to call it. Yeah, he was yeah. very <laughs> creepy. Yeah. And uh, and everybody knew it. And all the waitresses hated him because he was so weird. Um, but you know, you have to do your job. You want to get paid. You yeah. do your job, and you deal with whatever you do. It doesn't. And you're not going to tell the bosses because they'll fire you and find someone else who'll work for nothing because they don't have papers. Right. Right. <laughs> and put up with whatever because they don't have papers. Yeah. So. One time I was in the bathroom and he went in there and basically cornered me and was like, I'm not going to let you out unless you give me a kiss. <sighs> and it's like, you know, you see it in movies or whatever. And it's like, no, that happened to me. And it's, it's a, it's very scary yeah. and it's very like degrading and it's very like, what do I do? Yeah. And it's, you know, and, and I, again, I was like, I, I can't believe this is happening to me. Mm. This could, this would never happen to me. And I'm in this bathroom and I'm like, ah, trying to joke around like, no, no, let me go. Like, no, come on. We're getting in trouble. And just freaking out the whole time yeah. about it. And finally he lets me out, thank God, I didn't have to kiss him. Um, and if, immediately I'm like, well, I'm freaking out. And I'm like, I don't think I should tell my bosses. Which, again, like, having to not, you know, yeah. like, I, I can't tell them. I shouldn't tell them because I'll get fired. Yeah. And I ended up telling one of the other waitresses, uh, and she ended up telling them. And I got in trouble. Oh, <laughs> they, like, sat me down with the other owner, who was a total dick. And he sat me down and was like, well, what did, you know, do you think maybe you could have done something to bring this on and blah, blah, blah. And then he brought him in there with us. I was like, I don't want to be in the same room with this man. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And he was like, well, we need to figure out what happened. I'm like, I'm telling you what happened. <sighs> but then again, it's like, you can't get too mouthy because yeah. then they'll fire you yeah. and then you'll lose your job. Yeah. And it's like, so I have to sit there with this fucking guy and like him being like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. And then just basically call me a liar. And basically, I'm like, I, this is no point in even arguing this guy. I'm yeah. going to get fired. Yeah. I can't afford it. I was like, it's cool. I was like, whatever. I must have misunderstood. Let's just end this. I want to get the fuck out of this room, essentially. Did whatever. 
But again, to have to have experienced that because, and I wholly and wholeheartedly blame not having papers. Yeah. If I had a job where I could, you know, there was a department or whatever, I wouldn't have had to go through that experience. Or the yeah. option to leave and yeah. go get a right. job somewhere, somewhere else, else, right? And like, like, yeah, have your dignity and yeah. be like, fuck this place. Yeah. You're going to sit me in a room with that guy? I'm leaving. Yeah. No, I couldn't do that. I didn't yeah. have that luxury. Yeah. And so, again, I, a lot of reasons why you see that people would take the, the road of being like, fuck it, I'll just do whatever I can. I'll get married. Yeah. Which is always a big, you know. Stigma. Yeah. And, and it, it's a it's a the most viable option, to be very yeah. honest. Yeah. And I, I'll be the first to say, I mean, it's, so when you're getting through, for example, your, your family, like a sister, like my dad, it took about 20 years, 15. Um, you can have your parents a little bit quicker. Um, I think with a child, it's like a different thing. Like if you have, again, anchor baby, yeah. that wonderful term. Um, that's, I think, even quicker. Uh, but getting married is, is pretty much one of the, the quickest fastest, ways. Yeah. yeah, it's like six months, yeah. depending, right? Obviously, every case is different, but it's one of the fastest ways. So I know very personal yeah. friends of mine who have done that. Yeah. Um, I refuse because I'm like, I don't, that is literally the most 1984 thing I could think of. Uh, like, yeah. basically, I know it's to, like commodify your love so yeah. that you can, like, you have to, yeah. It's like, it's not even now, it's like this, and, and, every, and the relationship I've, relationships I've been in it's like looming all the time yeah it's like, you I was know, wondering about that yeah yeah because they I mean they obviously I never hide the situ- my situation yeah. and it's like you know you, you think you love this person so it's like well should I should we just get married like but yeah. it also feels forced and it's like it yeah and you don't want to lock a person you love into right. a situation like that's a really difficult thing it, to, psychologically and, with, and for the person and the relationship it's just it's not heavy. very yeah, yeah it's not very helpful yeah um on so, a much smaller scale I can say like when we moved here to Texas, like I didn't have, I don't have a job. I didn't have a job. Adam has a really good job with the university and he has health insurance through the university. And I didn't have any health insurance and the Obama exchange or Obamacare, whatever exchange is expensive. Like, and if you don't have a job, it's hard to like actually get health insurance that way. So the easiest thing to do is to get married, right? you know? And like we did, I mean, we love each other. We've been together since we were like nineteen and right. twenty. Don't get me wrong, Wasn't like we a were super forced. Yeah, we were like time. committed, but yeah. like we, you know, weren't necessarily like rushing to the altar or anything right. before that. And we, that was looming over us. Right. Like we literally didn't do it until the last day. Right. It's like, like July thirty first. We have to do it. Break. July thirty yeah. first <laughs> on a lunch break yeah. is our anniversary. <laughs> literally on the lunch like, break. Like at yeah. the courthouse, paying oh, forty dollars. To like get the Got certificate, it done, get, it, get it done. Yeah. So that's a very small scale version right. of what you're talking about. But even th- and that's what I mean. Like, the but I can imagine. Yeah, it had a role heavy. in that. Yes. Had a role in yeah, you guys which is really fucked up. That's what I'm saying. It's really fucked up that you have to suddenly be like, okay, what's the value of our relationship? Is it the value of health insurance? Right. You know, because like <laughs> I guess we have to. Yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. same exact. I'm like, well, is it? The value of me possibly getting deported and yeah. not seeing you again. Hmm, you know? Yeah. And, so or you can imagine people, you know, entering into the situation maybe with a partner they haven't been with that long mm-hmm. and it puts them in like a, as. Yeah, that's what she's saying. Like every new relationship, too. Yeah. yeah. And actually, I have a super perfect example of that. So, um, with my. Okay, so everything, again, everything, everything, everything we do is there's immigration on top of yeah. it. Yeah. Anything is there's Just immigration right there. Yeah. So even something as, you know, getting in trouble with the law, right? I mean, 
I'm oh, not saying yeah. everybody does it, but you know, it's something, you know. I wanted to ask you about that because so, where I grew up, uh-huh. uh, most of my friends have a DUI, for right. example. I'm like, I think like, everyone I know has gotten at least one DUI, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so I luckily have not, you know, knock on wood, but. Um, Me too. Uh, <laughs> the immigrants in this group have not right, gotten one. Right. Okay, and that's the whole point where you're going to talk about us being the least amount of criminals, but we'll talk about that. So, um, my brother, it's my older brother. He had a girlfriend, or he had just gotten this girlfriend. This was like years ago. And uh, he, anyway, he ended up getting arrested for DWI or DUI. So nothing is normal for us. Like, you don't just go to jail for the nine. Get, no, he went to ICE for two oh weeks. Oh, my God. That would be terrifying. It, it was like, yeah. he, and I remember Oof. the day it happened. I was out with him, and then I had gone home, and he was supposed to come home later that day. And his girlfriend called me. She's like, hey, your brother got arrested. And I was like, fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Because I know yeah, what's that that's not just he got arrested and he's in jail. Come pick yeah. him up. It's what the fuck. He's going to go. There's going to be some problem because yeah. we were still under that limbo. V- oh, no. So at this point we had aged out. OK, so that's another thing. So while we were waiting for this visa, I was also about to turn 21. Once you turn 21, you age out. Ugh. So that is what happened. I aged out of my parents' visa while they were waiting. This so you limbo basically visa. came here through every through legal means. Mm. You did everything possible as long as possible yeah. to do it through the legal process. Right. And then because of I think as you said in your post the glacial case, case yeah. right. at which and you the navigated this moves. incredible bureaucracy. Yeah, right. which Somehow. is like. Yeah, like usually, yeah, without like a like law degree seems impossible. <laughs> right. And then, despite all that extraordinary effort mm. and money and money, well, yeah, yeah, no, extraordinary I mean, amount of money. This yeah. is a very capitalist right. society. Let's keep it real. Right. <laughs> money is a key piece of that. Then, on top of all of that, you finally get your parents right mm-hmm. were able to. So they were still on this like waiting visa where right. it was like you're gonna you're possibly gonna get your residency but we aged out of that okay we aged because we aged out of the, the so possibility as, to so, as so interestingly mm-hmm. enough they're legal but you're left right without we, status so my parents got their residency last year okay again applied in 98 they got it in 2016 <laughs> right. uh, oh and yeah so uh. They got it, and thank God my little brother was able to to still, even though he, I think by the time they had accepted, because there's like, this, again, glacial pace, they accept it, but then there's like, I think two years of like them somehow getting it ready to go, yeah, right? Yeah. So my brother was able to qualify, my little brother. Okay. So he is a resident, so are my parents. Okay. Um, the three so, older siblings, we all aged out. Yeah. Wow. And my brother aged out first, obviously the oldest. So, yeah. um we were all right behind. I remember every birth again, twenty first birthday was not fun. Yeah. It was just like now I aged out. Yeah. Now I'm yeah. fucked. Wow. So again, so again this, another, this lover yeah. landmark is like, God damn it, I aged out now. Wow. So now what? Again, yeah. you know? And so my brother had aged out at this time, so he had no status. Yeah. But again, it's this weird like limbo. It's like you're you're not illegal. You didn't come here illegally. Right. But you're not technically legal. You don't have a status. Right. And so around that that, that was around that time he got arrested, went to to jail and so I remember like I got the call like three in the morning four in the morning and I just stayed up all night being like how the fuck am I gonna break this to my parents <laughs> like Ugh. I have to be the one right and so the morning I was just like down slept and I go in there and I'm like hey George got arrested and of course my mom just starts bawling yeah. and freaking out and it was just like a horrible horrible time and so um so we had to basically go and that's when they tell us like no he's been sent to ICE 
which is uh, the immigration customs enforcement. customs enforcement. Thank you. And one so, of the most bone chilling. No, sorry, pardon the pun. But yeah, no. Bone chilling. Yeah. It's like they did that on purpose. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, ice literally. Yeah. Um, so they took him there, and he while the whole thing. I mean, they literally were like, "Yeah, we're going to deport him." Like they had just told oh us like God. it's gonna happen. Wow. Um, while we, when we went, and of course my mom's again having like a heart attack over here, yeah. and my dad's trying to figure it out. And so I, but they don't speak English. You know, my parents didn't ever really, really learn the language. So yeah. Well, I, when you come past a certain age, it's right. And they were difficult. living somewhere they didn't really have to. And yeah, and exactly yeah. in the valley, it's pretty much little Mexico. Yeah. You, you don't really have to. You don't. You can get along just fine, never having to learn English. Yeah. Um, and so, I had to speak to these people who I passionately hate you know <laughs> yeah and, and and be cordial because my mom would just pinch me if I wasn't you know and so I was just like but it's you're so angry because you're like yeah. why is he getting deported he doesn't yeah. live there he's never he's lived there maybe till he was like five well no maybe I think my older brother like 10 but still I yeah. mean as a child yeah he has no life there yeah. he has no yeah you can't just go back and resume the yeah. third grade right and yeah. honestly the way yeah. my brother is he probably could he's like he can just <laughs> you know he just gets into everything but still it's just yeah. not fair yeah. and so anyway we, we had to get a lawyer which my parents could not afford and so that was I think that's another thing like Everything is more money and cost. You know, everything is that much more expensive. Yeah. A DUI is expensive. Yeah. Yeah. A DUI with ICE is much more oh, expensive. Yeah. And and again, this is a time my parents are putting us all through college. And like my parents, oh my God. to this day, are very much in debt. You know, yeah, are, sure. are in deep, deep debt. How they, could you not be? Yeah. We, we, they, what, last year when they got their residency, they were like, yay, we got our residency. Oh, we lost our house. So, wow. Yeah. Jeez. It was like that, that. <sighs> situation so at the time they had to get a lawyer they got him out so we were able to get him out after two weeks of him being held in ice yeah <laughs> and then like i think like a couple months later my sister gets a dui same thing wow. they sent her ass to ice oh, she had aged out too and it was just like you know another oh and so yeah it's just this whole thing she was able to get out because one of her close friends knew one of the border patrol and he was able to like kind of help her out that way total coincidence you know but she's i think she spent a good like week there or a couple days um but you know my sister's not a fucking criminal yeah you know and and neither my brother yeah and they were in there with people not not everyone some people were in the same situation as they were but some were actual legit criminals yeah Yeah, you know my sister was telling me the story about how she uh she she found a magazine with sudoku in it and she was like she was bored out of her mind waiting there and so she did it and like this chick comes out she's like oh did my sudoku like about to (laughs) kill somebody and she was like thank god nobody read me out (laughs) i was literally so afraid for my life though like this girl could beat me up and kill me right here and like you know but it's like it's funny yeah and i laugh too but it must have been terrifying for her you know which is which is it's just such a bizarre yeah, situation, it's such a weird to, find situation in, to be in like, because you drove drunk one night, which yeah. everybody has fucking done. Yeah. And don't you know what I mean yeah. for the love yeah. of God? Um, basically, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that nothing. Oh, and I, you know, I can. Gosh, I could probably go on forever. But another good example of how much harder things are always. Yeah. Um, so at some point we did get the the doctor came out, um, and that was when I was graduating college. And so, literally, I remember the feeling of, like, finally, this is something. You know what I mean? It was at least something. Yeah. Because for the longest time, it was just nothing. Yeah. Because it was from when I graduated uh, high school, a little bit before that, that they got on this weird waiting visa. uh, That we were, by the way, not able to leave the country. We were not able to go back to Mexico. And at this point, I have not been back to Mexico in 10 years. Wow. And it's... 
weird because people forget like yeah i'm trying really hard to stay here but that's my home yeah and it's so close and like, it's so clo- I, it's yeah. literally so close like yeah. i remember i've been to places especially where, where i'm from you know i i went to this place uh called roma texas and it's right across literally right across like you could stand on the edge of the river and see, and see the other side into, yeah uh, i think it gets i can't remember now but um i remember standing there and looking out and then this like super like nostalgic like painful kind of yeah. feeling of like i can't go there and yeah. it's i i remember a child you know we went a lot as kids and i grew up there for a little bit and had spent every summer there when we were children and i haven't been back i haven't yeah. been back in 10 years and i think the biggest like anger that i have well among the many <laughs> um is is that throughout all this time around the time when i was like 17 16 when, when we had that waiting visa that we couldn't leave the country um in the last, what, 20, 10 years, Mexico's really gone down to the shitter. Mm. I mean, it was never, like, amazing, but the whole cartel thing, that started yeah. among, around that time. Yeah. And since then, I mean, Mexico's a whole different place. I mean, when I grew up there, it was like, you could walk through the street at midnight, and you know, as little children, safe. and walk, yeah, and it was like, it, it was safe, you know, safe-ish, but safe, you yeah. know? And now, in the places where I'm from, like you hear about Mexico being like scary, even even when we're younger. But it's, you're, you're talking about places like Mexico City, where it was like big cities, and they were like, "Ooh, scary," mm-hmm. um, which it's not that scary, <laughs> honestly. But people just you know, love to make Mexico into the bad guy. But anyway, um, within the last ten years, people are scared. There. Yeah, I mean, people like my own family will tell me, I, my uh, one of my my little brother's godfather, we call him uncle. Everybody calls everybody uncle in Mexico, but um, he actually got kidnapped by the cartel. He was wow. let go because wow. he paid, but he got kidnapped and was he doesn't talk about it much, but you know, he was like blindfolded and bound and for like days until they were to come up with this money. I mean, it, it's real. It's yeah. a very real thing. So Mexico's not the Mexico I know growing up. Is it, is it true that like our increasingly militarized border contributed to that a lot? I mean, I think so. Um, like. Yeah, I, I really think so. I think they had to, the more heavy it got to be able to cross things and, yeah. and you know the, the legal activity that was going on the harder it got to do it the more yeah. they had to rise to the yeah. occasion to be like and oh now we gotta go even harder you the know? more their products were right yeah you know? exactly and like ms-13 started in los angeles and then they deported people back to mexico and then they and just they like yeah took it back to mexico yeah. that and that's what i mean there, there's always been like you know gangs and shit like that but at the, it, it, this whole organized or almost like military like cartel yeah i think stemmed like you said from this like becoming harder and more expensive there's more money now mm-hmm. at play yeah. and but I, but I, what i'm saying is my anger is that i will never go back to that mexico yeah. that i knew as a childhood yeah. ever that is lost yeah. now in all those 10 years that i haven't been back I, I will never get back yeah and um it'll never be the same again yeah. and i I've, I've had like dreams about literally <sighs> walking over the border i mean who yeah. i have dreams about walking over and being like <sighs> like yeah. literally and I still am waiting for that moment. It's yeah. something that, not. and physically, it'd be so easy to do. Right. Yeah. To yeah, people can do all the time, except for yeah. me, who yeah. really, yeah. who's from there, dying to go back, and I absolutely cannot, yeah. unless I want to stay there for, you know, I can Forever, go back, but yeah. I can't come back here. Physically, it's nothing. You can drive, you can walk, but you have to cross, like, a military. Right. It's, it's, close, it's this but... imaginary border yeah. that is, like, yeah. an impossible field, a wall to me. Like, it yeah. is a literal wall, because I cannot cross it. Um, yeah. When we just went back to Macedonia recently... Um, we went to, through my, the city that I'm from is really south and it's right, like not even 45 minutes from the border with Greece. Mm -hmm. And, uh, my great grandparents are from a village across the border, like not very far across the border that used to be Macedonia, but now it's not Macedonia, but 
whatever. I mean, it's like a complicated, long history of what is a name, really. Right. But the point is, we went back because we wanted to go see this village that my great-grandparents uh, are from. And it was such a weird experience because, first of all, when we went through the border, this idea, just this idea right. that it's like, this border is real, right. but also it's not, not real, real at There's all. There's nothing that's yeah. not there, right? So, like, first, when we went through, all everybody in the car, my parents, Adam, me, we're American citizens. Mm-hmm. Ah, but we're not all the same American citizen because my passport says that I was born in Bitola, mm-hmm. in the city in Macedonia. Adam's passport says he was born in, like, Youngstown or whatever, right. okay? <laughs> so he's a real American. Right. He gets a stamp on his passport. I get a stamp on a piece of paper because they can't recognize my passport because they would have to recognize that Macedonia is a real place. That exists. That exists. <laughs> Full of people who exist. And that Macedonians are real. Yeah. Uh, because of where I was that born. Would be because them there's accepting like this it. real yeah. dispute about what is Macedonia, oh what's the yeah. name. Greece, yeah. Greece thinks that they are the real Macedonia. Because yeah. Because they have a little territory at the top called Macedonia. Yeah. So well, they we like, going we into, are Macedonia. Yeah. So if yeah. they recognize my passport, that's American, not even Macedonian. Yeah, it's right. American. They would have to recognize the Macedonian yeah. exists. So they don't so, think Macedonians are a real people. So either. when so, so he gets a stamp, person. I get a piece of paper, and we're like, "What? What? What happened?" Yeah. Like, and they're like, "Well, you're a different. Like, you're not you're different basically American. like you're not American, right? Right? You, know? well, like, yeah. you don't even exist. Apparently, did yeah. they say you're the wrong kind of American? Yes, that's what they said. Yeah. They said in English, "You're the wrong kind of American." <laughs> yeah. yeah. So wow, God, and then that me a little bit. I know it was it was, oh, it was, was a little freaky. Yeah. It was tense, and then um. But, when, the, but the border guard station was, like, so rinky-dink. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, we are going to decide that you're the wrong kind of person. Yes. It's like, wow. And it was, like, crazy. And then on top of that, especially because, like, you, like, I've lived here since I was four, you yeah. know, like, it, I, fe- I mean, I feel Macedonian, but right. I also but feel I've, American, right. you know, like. It's that experience. Yeah. Though, right? Yeah. I know exactly. It's weird to explain <laughs> yeah, it like that. You're right. like, yeah. I am American. Yeah. I'm also Mexican. Yeah. But I very much feel like I'm American as well. So yeah. And then when we cross through the border, like, there's this idea that, oh, Macedonians and Americans really, I mean, Macedonians and Greeks really hate each other because of this dispute mm-hmm. about the border or whatever. And then we go through, and we don't speak Greek, mm-hmm. but there are tons of old Greek people who speak Macedonian because they used to be Macedonian, but now they're Greek. Right. So it was like this I, this idea of a border right. and even like mm-hmm. what it means yeah. to be Greek, what it means to be Macedonian, especially like, I'd say like within an hour, both sides, like around the border is so porous and like, I don't know, it didn't really mean anything, ultimately, is what I realized, yeah. like... And the whole, like, Greeks and Macedonians have a dispute, and you get there, and it's like, nobody really Nobody cares, yes, Not exactly. Really. And that's the yeah. thing, and that's the thing, yeah. it's like, I, and I feel like... so nice, I thought maybe they wouldn't like us because we're Macedonian or whatever. Right, right. No, they right. didn't care, they're they're helping us get to the village of my great-grandparents, right. you know, like, they're excited that we're there. People gotta yeah. In Macedonia, they're making an effort to speak to us, like... Yeah, it was such that idea of the border felt so tense, especially when we're right at the border, yeah. and then every regular people. Yeah, the people in the village were yeah. to talk. And that's to. what I'm like. It's like this whole like <coughs> the mass hysteria idea, right? It's like, oh, Mexico and America, we hate each other, right? Yeah, they, they hate each other, and it's like really nobody, like the the general public. I mean, obviously there are assholes in the nation. Sorry, I'm cussing so much, but uh, <laughs> so you see these people who, who do, but I'm like. I don't really know that many people. Like, I, everyone I know loves fucking Mexican people. Yeah. I love, you know what I mean? Like, what's the problem? Yeah. There's not, I feel like the riff is created in this, like, mass hysteria way. Like, oh, the media and whoever is, like, just perpetuating this idea. People of, who like, don't have an experience. With right. Like, and, and maybe even, like, Iowa the stuff. leaders at this point are the ones really, yeah. I mean, you know. But it's, like, 
and then there's certain followers, but it's like at the end of the day, nobody really cares. Yeah. Like, no, you know, the same thing. Like, yeah, there's this idea that Macedonians and Greeks hate each other so much. And yeah. Every, you know, they're going to, as soon as they see, see you, they're going to want to kill. Nobody cares. Yeah. They don't really care. They're happy that someone's visiting and they're exactly. excited. And forget whether you're more American or Mexican. The area you're from, especially before the 90s, is like so thoroughly both. Right. And Texas as a whole. Yeah. 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 I don't think, I mean, I don't, I can't recall ever really experiencing. You know, of course, yes, maybe a little racism here and there, but never to the point of, you know, you would think it would be a lot worse for how the climate is right now. You yeah. would think that, you know, when my parents are speaking Spanish somewhere, we get like dirty. Nobody cares. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody cares. And yeah. again, it could be the location of where we're at, but I've, been, I've traveled somewhat in the United States and I have yet to encounter where it's like, we won't serve you here. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. have yet to encounter that. Yeah. So, and I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I don't mean to diminish that that experience that I'm sure some people have had. Yeah. But I don't think it happens as often as people think it does. Yeah. And I don't think yeah. there's as much hate as it's being perpetuated yeah. by certain maybe groups or people. Yeah. So that that to me is always like, I'm like, I wonder if all of this is true. It's all imaginary. It's yeah. all just bullshit. And yeah. Being fed and, yeah, you know, like the board. Everything. And so... <laughs> Oh, and I, I wanted to, I wanted to, so when I was there in Roma, that one time that I was talking about that I was standing at the edge of the border, that's as close as I've been to Mexico pretty much ever, uh, or at least in the last 10 years. And so I sat down, and so I, I don't, I'm kind of an amateur writer. I like to, but so I sat there with a journal, and I wrote something, and I wanted to see if I could share it with you guys. Yeah, uh, it's in my room, that. So let me just okay. grab it. Because yeah, at the be time, awesome. that's what I was feeling, right? So yeah. Like, no, that'd be awesome. So, and I actually dated it, which... And I guess I must have known it was going to, at some point, be something or mean something to me more. <laughs> so it's October 20th, 2010. <laughs> so this was uh, seven years ago. So it's, it's short. It just says, I once sat at the edge of the border, the river below running free and wild like its occupants wish they could. So there was people in the river. I look over to my birthplace and feel nostalgia for something I can't define. As I look below, I envy the poor. They are together and many as I am one and alone. I know what they see, a girl alone high. So I was, let me preface this. I was, it was high above the river and I could see down and there's people in there like swimming and fishing and, yeah. you know, it is not clean water, but you yeah. <laughs> they were just having a good time. Um, and, and they saw me at some point standing up there, you know, yeah, like looking, looking down yeah. at them. And it was just such a moment that I had to sit down and write this, you know what yeah. I mean? So that's, sorry, continuing on where I was left off. Um, they're together in many as I'm one and alone. I know what they see, a girl alone high above on a rock standing with the sun alighting her face. I can only imagine how I look, what I represent to them. The dream and opportunity, but to me they represent home. Even as they catcall at me and shout at me to look as if I'm some <laughs> celebrity for being on the other side. They don't know that I'd rather be where they are. I take one last look below, below me at the land I miss more than anyone can know and wave goodbye for I know very well I won't see it again for a while. They jump and wave below me, attempting to catch the Gringa's attention. They don't realize that I'm one of them, and that though I stand on the right side of the tumultuous river, I have no more opportunity than they. And I'd rather be down there fishing barefoot with them than up on the pedestal of dirt and stone alone with false promises of hope. So that was very good. Thank you. That was me in 2010. Yeah. So so that is, I guess, the best way I could have put how I felt at that moment, looking at that, and and how it felt. To have them looking at me and what I must have looked like, you know, because they were just so excited to see me. Like, I was just a celebrity, like, looking, literally looking down the on American. them. The American. The American, the gringa. And I was like, not even, yeah. I'm, I have nothing here. Yeah. Like, and it was around that time, Tom Ten was been, it was a little before, I was in college at the time. Um, but it was, you know, I was about to age out, things like that. And so it was just a really yeah. What sad a sense of dissonance. Feeling. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like... And, and, see, and I could see Bemex and, like, you know, these are, like, 
things that I know and grew up with. Femex is like a, a gas station that okay. is like, you know, or, or what are they, Circle K's here? What yeah. are they called Stripes? Um, and, and I saw these things and I'm just having this like nostalgia, like just overload, you know, and yeah. seeing these people. And I mean, I grew up kind of like, like that. When I was a kid, we'd go to ranches and play in the dirty rivers and, you know, things <laughs> like that. I mean, that was what we did. Yeah. And it was just like, I am not going to get to see that for a bit. And seven years later, I still haven't. So. Yeah. And at that point, I hadn't seen it in a very, I think, so I think it's maybe been a little more than that, um, that I haven't been back. I hadn't, so at that point, the last time we went back was in 2008. So that point was only two years I hadn't been back. Yeah. At this point, it's been a lot more. Quite, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it'll be 10 years next year. Yeah. So that, to, that is one of the most heartbreaking things about all of this to me. Yeah. Personally, is that I cannot, you know, I, yeah. I don't know how, how you must feel when going back to Macedonia, you know, it's like. You feel this, yeah. like, it's different. You know, yeah. I think when people it don't... It feels like things, have, like, uh, sand slipping through your fingers, right. you know? It's like, oh, yeah, it looks familiar. There's things I remember, but also exactly, like, it's... It's something, changed. It's changed so much, right. yeah. I can't... And I can't go back to that right. place. That, that place that I remember and I When grew you up said on. you dream about it, I when we were in Macedonia, there are these, like, cobblestone streets, and very specific streets that I... We, were, we went to the market the first day, and when I looked kind of just past the market and I turned my head and there were the cobblestone streets. I was like, Adam, I've dreamed about these streets. I didn't even think they were real <laughs> yeah, anymore because I hadn't been back also in like 20 years. But that's because I'm like stupid. I don't know. But it's I also just, not right, like really close. Like yeah, it's not so, really close. Yeah. It's very expensive. I could have probably made an effort earlier, but you know, whatever. You yeah. get caught up in your life. Right. But yeah, it's like I literally was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like I thought that wasn't even real. Mm-hmm. Like you it was know, a dreamland. Yes. Well, they so... were so cool. The street, the the stones. It's a street made up of stones, and they're so smooth. From must be like centuries of people they're, walking. On yeah, them. they're oh, from God, like like yeah. medieval times, basically. Yeah. It's Cause it's so been slippery; like a, it'd be easy to fall on your. They're ass like little so windy down. shopping mm-hmm. area that's only you can only go on foot because right. it was created when people only, only could shop around. on right, foot. Right, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just crazy to see that. So when you talk about this feeling of like missing a place that you can't really go back to because right. it doesn't exist anymore yeah. and having it in your dreams that you could go back to that right. place. I'm like, I am so, yeah, I know a little bit of what you're talking about there because I've definitely yeah. experienced it's, that. It's the, the waking up yeah. afterwards and you're just like, oh, shit, yeah. a dream. You know, and it's, yeah, it's such like, a disappointing yeah. waking up and you're like, oh. Oh, I'm stuck here. Yeah, yeah. here I am. Yeah. And, and speaking about that, the whole, you know, Mexico, I feel like again gets a really bad rap and has it has this, this stigma, but it's fucking beautiful. Yeah, like, there is so much culture and that America could never have. Yeah, well, so Americans, but it's just <laughs> very different, like or different. Let's say different. Um, because the last time I went was in two thousand eight. I think it was a little bit before. So there was a trip that my parents. I think my parents kind of had a sense that we were gonna have a lot of trouble from a certain point on, mm. even getting back and stuff like that. So we took a, a trip uh, where we drove down to Mexico City. That's like a three-day drive if you're driving pretty steadily. Okay. And uh, basically stopped in several different historic towns on the way down. And I still, like, that was, like, the best thing my parents could have ever done because I fell in love with Mexico at that point. Yeah. Um, We got, you know, we got to see so many, like, of the historical homes. And, like, Mexico has a super interesting history. Uh, I ended up taking a Spanish – I did a Spanish minor um, in college. I'm very much obsessed with my – with that part yeah, of my culture of um, and to be hopefully you know right denied of being able to even experience it is yeah. very very upsetting but so when we were the last time we were there and, and we went to um, we ended up in Mexico City and we went to El Castillo de Chapultepec which is the castle that I think it was like a French 
guy, Maxim, Maximilian. Maxim. And, oh, okay. Uh-huh. And his wife, uh, Charlotte. Right. Um, and so we went there, and it was just like the most beautiful thing I ever saw. And it was just like the history. And, and so it's, and that when I took that Spanish minor, I learned so much about the actual history. And then he talked about like the whole um, inferiority complex of Mexico and how because it's, it's just really interesting. And it's really, really cool. And, and all of this happened after the fact that I could not go, <laughs> you know, like learning all this new stuff and everything. And yeah. that trip was right before we were able to not, not able to go anymore. Yeah. And so it was like, I fell in love with my culture right before I was denied being able to go, go back. Yeah. So it was like, well, you know, and, and to this point I still haven't. So it's, that is, I think again, one of the most upsetting things out of all of this is that this DACA, which was finally a little room to breathe. Yeah. Is really what it was. It was like, okay, here is something that's going to give you a social. I remember getting a social and I was like so ecstatic. I was like, oh, like who gets excited about a fucking social? You know? <laughs> but I was social now. I have a yeah. social security number. I like memorized that thing immediately. <laughs> and I was like, yes, you know, I could apply to jobs. And that was like the most amazing thing that ever happened. I mean, that made my college graduation finally a thing to celebrate. Yeah. I was so like, that was the first time that I actually felt like excited to go through this like, le- you know, life milestone or whatever. And so. I got it. Um, I remember um, my parents were so happy, too. We all applied for it. Even though we were still, they were still technically waiting on this visa, um, they had my little brother apply anyway. And so he got the DACA, too. And all four of us were on the DACA. Um, And so we were all able to work. And so the thing about the DACA is this. It's not, again, a handout. We kind of talked about this a little bit. It's it's, you are paying $500 every two years to apply for this thing um, because that's the max they give you is two years. And you literally on the card, it says, this is not valid for reentry to U.S. It is not like a visa. It's not an yeah. actual like residency, citizenship, none of that. And there's wow. it's no pathway to it. There's no like, oh, you're, this is why well, you're waiting on. No, it's not. It's yeah. just this is what you get. Yeah. You get a social. You can work here. You can pay taxes. But you get no benefits. You cannot vote and you cannot leave the country. Cool. Cool. <laughs> and I was still like so grateful to have that like it was the biggest sigh of relief to have that and despite again I remember when even that was coming out people were like oh you know oh there's gonna be a burden on our taxpayer money it's like you have no idea how much that's not true yeah and how much it boosted I mean the economy of anything because I know a lot of um DACA people are like business owners and things like that you know and we contribute by paying taxes now you know when you didn't have a social you worked at the table you didn't pay taxes Yeah. yeah This True. gives yeah. you a way to help the economy. You're paying your taxes, yeah. even though you're not getting anything for it, yeah. other than being able to work. And so that was always something that I hated hearing. Um, I have a, a story about when I was in, in high school, and, and the Dream Act was kind of getting brought up back on, and it was around this time it was getting talked about again. And I had a friend, a close friend, and she was just like, oh, I don't believe in that, and I don't think we should do it. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, God. I remember being like so personally offended. I don't think she even knew that that was my situation. She was a friend of a high school friend, you know, you know, yeah, like, yeah. how close are you really yeah, to your high school yeah. friend? So she didn't know that that whole side. And I didn't talk about it a lot with people yeah. then. So she didn't know. And somehow got brought up in class and she just said that. And I was just like, Ugh. what? You know, yeah. like, excuse me. And so I didn't say anything still. I was like, so why? Like, I just want to know why. Like, what's your reason? I'm just curious. And she was like, well, you know, it's not fair. Like, people like me, you know, we've all worked here. Like, she's like, well, for us, you know, us, including me. She, she did uh-huh. not know. And I've been in school with this girl since, like, middle elementary. Yeah. She's like, you know, we've been working so hard and we're Americans, you know, and people, like, you know, try really hard to get in here and la, la, la. And I'm like, okay, I see you. So she, she was kind of arguing, like, there's people who do try to loot it the legal way and this isn't fair that we're giving it to the illegals. Oh, yeah. I hate when people say that word. Uh, yeah. Oh. So anyway. <laughs> 
And I was like, oh, okay, well, and so I explained to her the situation. I was like, you know, my parents came here legally. I was like, you knew that, right? That I'm not a citizen. She was like, you know, she wanted to eat her words so bad. Yeah. But I was like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, like, I wasn't upset. I was like, you know, I wasn't attitude with her. I was like, yeah. you know, I'm a citizen. I'm not a citizen, right? And she was just like, no, I didn't know that. And I was like, I'm not. DACA does, refer, like, apply to me. Yeah. Or the DREAM Act or whatever was getting brought up at the time. And I was like, it's not, you know, my parents came here legally. I aged out or we're on the, you know, and I kind of explained to her the situation. She, and I just saw the change in her face that she was just completely misinformed. Yeah. She did not know yeah. the truth. Yeah. She was just like, oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And and to this day, you know, she's always like, oh, I support you. You know, now yeah. she's all about, <laughs> oh, I support you. But she did not know. And I think that is the biggest problem with all of these you know i've heard like oh you know a lot of these kids are criminals and it's like you can't even get the daca you you cannot have a felony you cannot have three three or more misdemeanors um and nothing like i mean you can have like a traffic violation or whatever but you you cannot get it if you have any kind of criminal record yeah so when people say that it's like what are you talking about what do you you clearly don't know anything you know well and so disingenuous then when Jeff Sessions, I mean, I know, of course he knew, but like when he comes out to announce this and he's like talking about, yeah, like criminals mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it's like, please. I'm like, you like, know, buddy, yeah, you know yeah, that you that's not are, true. Should, of all people should right. know that yeah. this is bullshit. It literally like 100% because, yeah. don't have criminal records. Yeah. Because you can't. Because you, can't. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot. Yeah. You won't get accepted. Yeah. So People yeah. like, don't know nothing about immigration, how it works. At all. It's not just DACA. Or the and the thing right. is, I, I've dealt with it my entire life yeah. and I can still probably not navigate it that yeah. well. Yeah. Because it is, it is so hard to, in certain cases, are okay, certain are not. And money's yeah. always talking to everyone for visas and stuff. Like if you have money, probably going to get a lot faster than most people mm. do. Yeah. Um, a lot of factors. And and with the DACA, the craziest thing about DACA is that there's no guidelines as to what's going to get you 100% accepted. Yeah. Um, it's really up to them. It's really up to the person who's reviewing your file. Yeah. Literally, nice. yeah. yeah. I mean, there is no exact, like, oh, if they have this and this and this, then yes. There's If they have this and this and this, then no, there's that. There's a yeah. no, but That's, there's no, like, what, yeah. you know, it's up to that person. Whoever happened to get your case file you better hope that they're they're like in a good mood yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You get it after lunch. That, yeah, that's who it's on. That's yeah. it, you yeah. know there is no and so that's a little scary. I remember when it first came out, it was so new that they were like, okay, so for the DACA you have to. It was like all these things that you have to prove. You have to prove you've been going to school, you know, since uh, whatever you first got here. Um, I remember having to go to like my elementary, and they were like, we don't have any records. It's been you know it's been years, so we they had to go to like the the county whatever, and they had to get something mm. and it was just like whole hassle you had to yeah. pay to get your records most of the time yeah. um and then you had to prove that you were here on june 15 2012 for i think it was the date that, that obama <laughs> right. announced it was like a super oh, random date yeah. though. But i'm like how do i prove that yeah uh, yeah and literally and i would ask people I, w- I went to a lawyer to talk to them and they were like oh. like nobody <laughs> knew because it was so new uh, it was like literally just they were like i don't know you can just try it. And so literally what I ended up doing is I sent a Facebook post that I made wow. in June 15, 2012 <laughs> to prove that I was in the country. Wow. And and I was like... So when people get on millennials for being on social media, <laughs> help me. Shut right, the fuck up. Right. I'm like, here's a story about yeah. how... So Because there was no one... I'm like, what else can I do? What am I going to do from... Yeah. I don't know where I would have that. And yeah. so... And I remember like you basically send off this like binder paperwork with your 2015... You know, the June 15, 2012 Facebook posts. And the $500 and just prayed and hope that those $500 weren't wasted and you got yeah. accepted. Wow. And that was like, and actually mine, the first one took about nine, like the turnaround should be like three months, I think usually. 
Mine was like nine months. Wow. So I was like almost sure I wasn't going to get it. Yeah. And so that's why when I did it, I was like, ah. <laughs> but, but yeah, like nobody, it was very unclear about how to even go about applying. Wow. And, and nobody really knew what they were doing in the initial. Uh, luckily, a lot of people got it. it. I know so many people that it helped out. Like yeah. so many of friends, close and you know, family. And so when this happened yeah it was just like the the exact opposite of that feeling you know yeah. it was just like a punch in the fucking gut like yeah. it's just like i'm not even again it's not like what is it hurting and and i i think a lot of people say like oh it's uh it, you know trump supporters they're like oh it's because he's trying to pressure congress to do something better or whatever <laughs> right i'm stupid. like Nobody i'm that. like yeah. come on <laughs> yeah. but let's just say that was the case it doesn't it's still adding this giant stress and pressure to all of the DACA recipients, not to just our Congress. I mean, we're all fucked if it doesn't get figured out. And to everybody that they employ or that they Mm -hmm. work for. Yeah, everybody loses their jobs. Or for their children or their parents. Right. I mean, it's like my parents, they get to stay and and they feel like, I know how, I know they feel so bad about it. And my brother too, my little brother's like, he feels this total guilt that all yeah. three of us don't. And, and it's it sucks because we don't want him to feel that way. Of course. And I think a lot of people don't talk about that whole psychological, like... Yeah, mindfuck. <laughs> right. Like, I think it, it really yeah. fucks with people. And, and not, not a lot of people talk about that. I mean, it gives you a somewhat of an inferiority complex to, like, yeah. feel constantly like you're being... Want, unwa- like not wanted not welcome watched yeah uh you know what i mean at all times it's, yeah. it's just I, I feel like a lot of people do not talk about that aspect of like suffering that people go through in yeah. that sense you know and so this whole thing i i am a lucky one if you can believe that i'm lucky <laughs> that i i get that window so what they did do is they gave a window if your daca expires between now and march of 2018 so this march coming up you can reapply and you get it for two more years. Okay. So I qualify. Mine expires in February. So. Like I would have missed it for a month <laughs> wow. if I didn't. So mine expires in February so I can reapply. Um, the downside to that is I have to apply and, and come up with $500 yeah. between now and October the 5th. So that's what? Two weeks? Yeah. <laughs> Three weeks? Wow. Uh, and I, you know, $500 wow. may not be a lot to some people, but it's a lot to me. Uh, and yeah, I'm like, but... I, I don't know. I, when I first heard that, I was like, First, the, the news, right, hit, and I was just like, ugh, and so I was like, well, shit, I'm, fu-. like, the first thought was like, I'm just gonna go back to Mexico, I'll figure it out, like, I'm done living this way, like, yeah. literally, that was my first initial thought, I was like, I'm so done living this way, the DACA was the one thing basically keeping me here, yeah. now it's like, you got, I don't have that, I'm, what am I doing here, <laughs> like, why am I gonna keep doing this to myself anymore, yeah. I'm not gonna get married, I refuse, like, literally, I'm not gonna let the government force me into making that decision, yeah. And what they're doing is they're forcing decisions. Like, getting rid of DACA is like, if they don't get something else going, they're forcing people to deport themselves. Because yeah. what are we going to do? I can't work here. I can't. How am I going to live here? I can't yeah. get a license. Like, either I live in total, like, fear all the time yeah. or I leave. And so this, like, government forcing decisions, I, I that me getting married would be just another one. Yeah. That, that would be forced on me and I'm not going to do it. So... Basically, that was my first thought. And then, and then the, you know, more news started coming out. And they were like, oh, okay, there's this little timeline that they give you. And so I was like, okay, the next thought is where am I going to come up with $500? Okay, well, at least there's something. But, you know, for example, my brother, his dog expires in December of 2018. So after that, if nothing else comes out, he's screwed. Um, my sister, hers got withheld because she applied right on the time that it started coming out that he yeah. was probably going to cancel it. 
So she never got hers back. She hers is expired and she never got it. She reapplied. She sent the five hundred dollars. She didn't get that back. Ugh. And they never gave it to her. Wow. So luckily she has she's actually in love with this person who is a yeah. citizen. She got married. So we're gonna see what's gonna happen. But it's still very much like up in the air. Up in the air. And again, it's always these these circumstances where they got married and had a camera crew helping them because of everything going on with this immigration stuff. <laughs> it's like it's always <laughs> present. It's always yeah. somewhere. Yeah. And so I, I got to be in that window, thank God. And so I get to apply for two more years, but I remember like, I told my boss and he was just like, what the fuck? I was yeah. like, I know. Yeah. And I'm fortunate enough that, you know, my boss was like, hey, I'll lend it to you. If you need the money, I got you, wow, you know, that's awesome. which still, su- I don't I have know. to borrow money of from course. my boss, of you know, course. but, but I, at least I'm lucky enough to have that offer. Yeah. Luckily, another, again, I'm blessed enough. My, my little brother just sent me the money. Wow. My little brother with, again, but I know it's because of that guilt that he feels and that's, it's still yeah. it's still tainted. It's Everything is that beautiful like thing that dynamic. he did. Yeah. Like it's still tainted because I know he feels guilty. Yeah. And I'm like, you didn't have to do that because you feel guilty. He's yeah. like, No, I'm not doing it, I do it because I love you, you know, yeah. blah blah blah. But still I'm sure that's true too. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. also very much the case, but yeah. Again, it's this fucking nothing can be pure because yeah. it's just immigration everywhere all the time. Uh. It's just like God, that's <laughs> my life, you know. Yeah. Police everywhere, basically. Every, yeah, everywhere, constant, yeah. constant. And so now I'm, you know, probably, I'm going to apply for the stock on Monday and hope to God I get, you know, renewed. I don't see the reason why I shouldn't, but who knows at this point, right? Yeah. So that's that's kind of where we're at is just kind of yeah. seeing, I'm going to, and here's my fear. Here's what I think may happen. Let's say that, that is the case and then Congress is, has all this pressure because there is a lot of outcry about it. You know, people are pissed. Yeah. And so let's say they are pressured enough. To, to, to pass something, I, my, I fear I'm like, okay, I'm going to pay this $500, I'm going to get it renewed, and then by the time they're going to pass something, and then that money was wasted because I didn't need to do that anyway because mine doesn't expire until February. So that's kind of I'm like, I, I know yeah. this money's probably going to be wasted. Yeah. And if not, at least I'll get two years. But still, it's just it's just shitty because yeah. we don't know anything. We don't yeah. know anything other than right now I can get two more years, and my brother's done in December. That's all we know right now. And that's just like, again, but I'm so used to, it's literally like, I'm so used to that. Like, I'm so used to being like, I can see from here to December. Yeah. And that's what I know right now. And I have to, at that point on, we're going to see what's going to happen next. And at that point on, we're going to see what's going to happen. That's just my life forever and ever has always been. So it's just not even, you live your life in a very short-sighted way. Because it's like, after that, it's what's next. Yeah. After that, it's what's next, you know. recording yeah okay so we're actually going to wrap it up there for this episode um this kind of is uh it's a good ending point yeah it's like more of the the tight narrative of Mm -hmm. um andrea's story and then later this week on thursday we'll release the second part because we kept talking after this and I think we had like a pretty good discussion that was a little bit more open-ended. Um, yep. Just kind of talking about immigration in general and more of Andrea's experiences. Um, so we hope... So be on the lookout for that. Yeah. And we hope that you um, enjoyed listening to this and also um, that it was eye-opening. I also really want to 
welcome new listeners. I know we got a lot of new listeners uh, because of my street fight appearance. Mm. So we wanted to thank you for joining us. Or if you haven't heard our own street fight, check it out. It's one of our favorite podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. We love street fight. Um, but yeah, especially if you are new to the podcast, just want to welcome you. Um, we didn't do it in the beginning because I was really pumped to just roll into this yeah. uh, interview. Anyway, you can um, find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, yeah. Twitter, Facebook, all at Cold Pizza Party. Yeah. And we, then we oh. have all our episodes up on SoundCloud and iTunes. So yeah. if you're new, you might check out like our Ancient Aliens episode or something else that sounds interesting. Yeah. But more yeah. importantly than that, if you listen to this story and you're outraged like yeah. we are. Oh, here's the dog. <laughs> we're like in the closet trying to get away from the dog so there'd be no extra sounds. Anyway, um, if you're as outraged as we are, um, please check out the links in the notes, which um, will have some different ways that you can take action, like calling your congressperson uh, or sending a letter or email. Mm -hmm. I think that is actually still one of the most effective things that you can do. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's more like important than listening to us talk about ancient aliens. You're but... right. You're right. It's uh, on par. Okay. <laughs> uh, so anyway, please don't forget to take some action uh, because obviously like, I mean, as you can hear from the story, like this fucking sucks for people who are in this position and there's really no no need for and this there's no to be moral the case. justification yeah. even remotely yeah exactly yeah. so please be sure to take action and tune in on thursday for the second half okay bye bye Da 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 da